So, namaste and very good morning to all of us. Uh, it is supposed to be an interactive session. So, there would be, I suppose, question answers. So we have a choice, either I ask the questions and <laughs> or, or you ask the questions or have some observation on which we can elaborate or give a subject that needs to be elucidated. Anything uh, under the sun and beyond. So, shall we start with some, some question, anything, from somewhere? Pain is the number of the person. I am having pain in my hands, in my father. I wanted to pray for my children, but still it affects me. I am able to translate only to get relief from the pain. That is the problem we have been. Yes, please sit. Pain is the hammer of the gods to break a dead resistance in the human heart. So, this is from Savitri, where Narada explains the whole issue of pain. So, it is, uh, this uh, truth has been echoed in several ways in different, by different mystics. And the essence of it is that when life is happy, when there is no pain, when all is uh, going well, then many of us, somehow there is a slackening of the aspiration there is a slackening of um, even gratitude. Actually, every day should be a gratitude because one more day to aspire, to progress with or without the pain. But it doesn't take place. Somehow the human consciousness and there is a logic behind it but without going into it, takes it for granted. So it takes it for granted that everything is fine and very often we give ourselves the credit for it. <laughs> so... Pain comes to remove that resistance. What is the resistance? In acknowledging the divine in our life, in every sphere. So pain comes to remind us, one, that we are not, we, how much ever we may have, money, uh, house, uh, children, people, everything around us, position, power, it is still imperfect. So imperfect that even it cannot ensure me a peaceful sleep at night. A good digestion. Something which is immediately concerns us. All that we have all our lives struggled for, labored for, felt proud about. Ultimately, it cannot even provide me a good night's sleep. It cannot ensure. I mean, sleep may come or may not come. It's a different thing altogether. So that is why there is this Sometimes need of pain to remind us of our imperfection. So first thing it reminds us that body is imperfect, life is imperfect. Second, because it is imperfect, we can take one of the two attitudes. One is that we complain, we grumble, we grudge, we are angry. Are why there is why does God do this? Why does God do that? Poor God has anyways, he's the last buck stops there. Or we can try to understand. Why things are the way they are? If we try to understand, it opens the door to knowledge. And I will come to the, even the physical pain. Third, knowledge is not enough. I must have the power to remove it. Power to bear it and the power to remove it, both. So this is the third step we take, which is towards empowerment. And fourth, we understand that it is not just my pain. Pain is there in this world, in this creation. Very often when a tragedy strikes us, that is the time we say, why me? 
as if others are all free from problems. Everybody should try to look at life. It is so imperfect. And then we enter into a deeper self-enquiry. Why this world is the way it is? Is there a way out of it? Can we find a solution to it? And when we start thinking along those lines, then we have the royal road to Shurabindu's yoga. So pain reminds us of all these things. So it's like a hammer which opens a door. The resistance of the ego which is not letting us uh, you know, ego builds very nice castles. Biodata, I am so and so, I am this and that. And we keep repeating it to people who are not interested in listening. <laughs> we put photographs, oh no, my grandfather, my... But ultimately at the end of the day, it comes to remind us, sir, my life is imperfect. So that is how it is. Now physical pain also, we can act, the same logic we can apply. So how do we apply why there is pain in the body? Body is response to the contacts. It is unable to bear. So there are some people who have a tremendous power to bear, capacity to bear. And they can take in a lot of pain. We can also see that why this lack of bearing is there. Are there inner reasons for pain? So we will see there are many knots which over a period of time accumulate within us. Knots of energy. Little anger somewhere and we have got it in. It becomes a knot like that. There are many knots which uh, are there in our body circulating like free floating energy system. And they are transmitted. Lot of these energies come from the outer world into our inner being through the nerves. Nervous system is the watershed. It's like the port. So all the things come to this port. There is the subtle nervous system from where it enters into the gross nervous system. So gross nervous system has a system of visa or recognition. Are you, what are you bringing? Merchandise, okay, come. What are you bringing? Smuggled goods like snakes and this and that. You say no. But sometimes this, this system is not working very well. So it allows all kinds of things to come inside us. And we accumulate them. And this begins to generate the whole body because nerves are everywhere. So they begin to show up as different kinds of pain. Sometimes the pain is also because the pressure to change, the transformative pressure is so much. And there is something within us which doesn't want to change. So it throws up as pain. So each one has to look inside about as to its causes. How to remove it? First thing is, what does the energy knots do? They just form clusters. So they prevent the free flow of prana through the system. So we have to make this flow free. One way is of course people do through Nadi Shuddhi, deep breathing. But it's a mechanical way. It doesn't clear the inner things. And people also try to do meditation with guided imagery. Something is coming and cleansing us. Also widening. One should, one can imagine that one is lying on a floor like a rug which is folded up. And slowly it is opening, opening, opening. The whole body is opening. And it is giving itself to the Divine Mother. Her light is coming. So those knots begin to slowly open up and get cleansed. One can use the mind to direct um, the consciousness, the grace to those spots which are painful. 
So we become empowered. So both we learn something, we have the power to change it. And then eventually, however, we know all these remedies are not going to be permanent. Permanent, of course, is as long as earthly life remains what it is, body remains what it is, our matter of which we are constituted remains what it is, we will always be vulnerable. So one works towards the higher truth that Shurabindu and the mother have revealed, the permanent remedy. So pain can become a wonderful opportunity for progress in so many ways. This in a nutshell. Okay. If nothing works, take paracetamol. 650. But chronic pain, you can't do that. No, Your body will get used to it. Yeah. Bear the pain, you will find the way. That's what I can say. Any other question? Because if you don't have a question, I'll ask a question. And I'm going to ask only one question. How many are reading Mother and Shurabindo? Yes, very good. I'm so happy. Regularly read Mother and Shurabindo. If we can make it our life's goal that we are going to complete their entire volumes, I think this will be a very good, wonderful, doable goal. Because when we read their writings, books have a tremendous power of influence. So they, it will influence our nervous system. What happens when we read? What is, what is the mechanism of reading? Through the eyes we are picking up the words. And the words automatically have also sound. Even when we are not uttering. It was the hour before the gods awake. Now that those sound and words will go inside. Where they are playing up in the nervous system that is the brain. So what happens when they churn in the nervous system, in, in the brain? From the brain, it, it gets translated and stored as energies. And that energy which is released from the words, like when we take a capsule and the active ingredient is released, it gets released into the system. And what does it do in the system? It does what it is meant to do. So Shubindo's words have a transformative action and the mother's words. So they are like capsules of light. When we read, they stir the brain and as they stir the brain, they start from there. Even if we don't understand, doesn't matter. We may not understand the ingredients of a capsule, but still it will act. So it will continue to act. So every day, Shurabindu and the mother's words, three times a day, will act like a spiritual tonic. And so... When after some time, they will become part of the system. Like when you take medicine every day, so what happens? You get dependent. So you want to take, you have to take more medicine. So with Shurabindo's words and mother's words, we become dependent. We want to read more, we are not happy. Oh, I read only twice, I want to read more. So when you go for somebody's marriage or somewhere out, you are missing something most important. So you'll read more. When more, you read more. More of that, uh, their consciousness begins to come in contact with our own consciousness. So what will happen if we are living in the company of the divine? We will change. So the change begins to happen simply because we are reading their words. So it will come inside and create that consciousness that's begin to create that state. And today or tomorrow, after whatever time, it will help us to change automatically. The consciousness from which the words have become, the word becomes a bridge. It is a medium. 
to come in contact with the consciousness of the author who has written it. So what a simple, wonderful way it is described in Savitri. Anyone remembers the lines as when the mantra sings in yoga's ear. So its message will enter and it will do. Mother has used the word. We should read quietly a little every day. Do not try to understand. And Shurabindo's words will do the work of transformation and will create the brain cells necessary to understand. Simple way of yoga. This sentence is about any words of Shurabindo and the mother. This was given to a student and it's part of the volume 12. For Savitri, she has said much more. For Savitri, the mother has said, it is the message. All else is a preparation. Savitri, she has said, it can, it can take you to the highest um, transformation without the need of any living guide or guru. That is the power of Savitri. So, Savitri, of course, is ultimate. But any word of Mother and Shivindo has that transformative action, transformative action on the brain cells and on the rest of the body because brain is the hub. From there it spreads wherever it has to spread. Yes, that's what I am trying to tell everybody. Don't take sleeping pills, read Savitri. Sometimes they say that when they hear my talks they sleep very well. But when they meet me and take the medicines, they don't sleep well. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, now, now it has gone to the live divine. But, but they are all available on Aroma. The entire Savitri classes, English and Hindi, it is available on Aroma. But now, of course, I have gone to the live divine. All those who find it difficult to read, Mother will share this work. She said you have to. Now, the audio is available online. Yes. You can hear those books. Yes, audio books, that's true. It's wonderful. Savitri, of course, the reading in mother's uh, own voice is there. Many of the words of Shurabindo, mother's also, but they are in French, so some people may not. But uh, her voice is so wonderful. I mean, it doesn't matter whether one understands French or not. Just to hear a voice is something so amazing. Sweetness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such, it's, it's literally like a divine stream is flowing. So everything they have given to us, all prashad of their tapasya. But we like to read so many things, hear so many things. I don't know why. <laughs> so. So, the vital, yeah. So, there are two aspects of all these parts in us. There is the mind, the vital and the body. So, there is the surface mind, surface vital, surface, we know that gross body, 
as it is. So the surface mind is all the time like a monkey full of thoughts. Here, there, wherever it's, it's driven by the senses. So it is like a person who is riding a horse, but wherever the horse takes the person, the mind is going. Very dangerous. If the horse is weak, it is okay. But if the horse is powerful, then it's so dangerous. So the mind is driven like that. So vital also, we see our emotions, our passions, our desires, everything we see, we want to have it. We are running from this object to that object to get some joy, some satisfaction. Vital seeks joy and power, just as the mind seeks knowledge. So it starts looking at this object, ah, this can give me joy, this will give me power. So it runs after those things. And if we go behind these two, then we discover another mind and another life and even another physical behind this surface. So the other mind, which is not this surface mind, is a mind which by its nature is quite open to knowledge and open to vast domains. It's called the inner mind. The inner vital, it is quite vital, it is strong. Why? Because it is standing behind like a support, like the inner lifeline. And so when we begin to live within, shift the consciousness inside. By shifting, what is meant is that instead of being driven and carried away by everything on the surface. Oh, India has won. Oh, oh India has lost. No. Sportsmanship should win. I am just giving an example. Yeah, India should win. But not to be carried away like that. But to learn to step back from the whirl of forces that are driving us. Like a fly on the wheel. That's what Sri Krishna puts it as. Yantra Rudini. So instead of that, if we learn to step back, then we discover that inner vital which is strong and which is quiet. In fact, the quieter the vital, the stronger it is. All people who are restless, who become very aggressive, are very weak. They are very afraid. Strong people are always calm, like our Rama. Even Krishna, quietly sitting there, while all of them are fighting. <laughs> he, of course, wants that destruction. Same we see with Shiva, sitting quietly. And of course, Shurabindo. Who could say that uh, Bhole Baba, Second World War, he was fighting from behind. So the calmer we become, the stronger we become. Why? Because we are otherwise throwing energies. All the time in surface things. So when we conserve energy... And turn it upward, open it inward to the mother, as we see in the prayer. Mother, you are the quiet strength of my vital. So, what is the uh, aspirant doing? He is discovering that inner vital and turning it to the mother. You are the strength and you are the quietude of my vital. So, when we link that, our vital to the Divine Mother, then it becomes a beautiful instrument for the Divine Mother's work. So, this is the work which is should be done. Yes, please. Okay. So, difference between consecration and surrender. So, consecration is very simply, this is mine. But I consecrate to you. I am doing Graha Pravesham. House warming ceremony. My house. Written everywhere. You are showing to everybody my house. But what you have done? You have done the Yagya or the Puja to give this house to the divine. 
different people do different ways. So you have consecrated. Ideally, after the consecration, you have to really regard that now this house is consecrated to the divine. Now I cannot uh, say it is my house or you know let anything happen here because it is now consecrated to the divine. It has become like a temple. But that is why after consecration there has to be offering. Every day now I am invoking, giving things to the divine. But still I am the doer who offers and gives to the divine. Then a time comes when we tell him, this is your house, you take it, dwell here, if you allow me, if you, I'll stay here, if you don't, wherever you keep me. So consecration, perfected becomes surrender. Surrender is complete giving by its nature. After one is surrendered, one cannot lay any claim. I have surrendered to the divine. After that, I still claim many things. Surrender by its nature means, like the Bangladesh, all these people, uh, 93,000 soldiers surrendered to the Indian army. Now they cannot say after surrender, but you know, we are going to behave the way we want. We will enter your prison, but we will break free, we will do anything. No, surrender means I will obey your will. So surrender means completely coming under the divine will, which is very difficult. So it starts with consecration. Every day we start by consecrating the day. Mother, lead me this day. Let whatever way our aspiration is. Then I have to offer every time we, I remember till a moment comes when this life is yours. And we try to obey the divine will. Surrender implies that now I will obey the divine will. Because my will is not my own. My thoughts are no more mine that I can let them run anywhere. Now my thoughts have to be turned towards the divine. Every time I see my thoughts are running in a different direction, I have to tell them that, look here, you belong to mother, I have given you, where are you running away? I cannot let my heart just go here, there, everywhere. I have to bring it back to the center. There are different languages people use. So we have to keep on centering it to the divine mother. So that is how surrender grows, grows till there is a complete self-giving. Yes. It's very important to become conscious of everything, whatever we are doing. It's so important in this yoga that we become conscious of whatever we are doing. Why we do, why we come to the ashram, why we go to the samadhi. Why we are. So we will discover many motives inside us which are hidden, covered by the mind justifications. Mind is an expert advocate. It can play both ways, whatever you feed it. <laughs> it can justify anything in the world. So we have to, it's a process, long process. That's what is the personal effort of the sadhana which takes years and decades to become conscious of the motives. Yes, so offering is definitely part of the, it is the beginning of surrender. So that's what I was saying and it has to become more and more perfect till there is no more I who is surrendering. Then one has to keep on seeing 
So what is going out? Bring it back. Put it at her feet. That's all that is to be done. As long as my life is my own, I am leading it the way I want, my own goals. But I am giving offering to the divine or consecrating to the divine. It is not yet the real thing. It's a beginning, it's important. Yes, close to each other. Only thing is consecration normally is a, uh, it's a word used in a ritualistic way which has a deep meaning. So consecration means it is being sanctified. So sanctified means, uh, you know, let's say that now my house I have consecrated. Now I, how do I offer the house? I can say divine now this is my house I am offering to you. But consecration is very profound. Consecration is a yajna. So if I consecrate my house to the divine, I can't just hold a liquor party and say, well, they are my relatives, what can I do? It's consecrated to the divine. I can't, it's a very deep, meaningful word. Remembering and offering will make that consecration more and more deeper and perfect because I have offered the, consecrated the house. Now many things will happen which I have to keep offering. So, consecration can be regarded as, I'll use an image. When you light up the fire for the yajna and invoke the divine presence, this is consecration. When you are putting the havi all the time, ghee and all the things, it is offering. When you have done all that, you say, okay, now I am going to plunge into this fire, it is surrender. That's, these are the three steps the stage. Yeah, sacrifice is the word which is used in ancient. So there, these words are used in certain context. It is the true meaning of sacrifice. Sacrifice is not going and giving, uh, yeah, yes, hairs or tons at the head. Yes, this is sacrifice. That's how it is. So how do we sacrifice? Through remembrance and offering. Remember and offer is the method. It's like, when you consecrate, when you offer in, in a yajna or keep consecrating or whatever term we want to use it, but it's an offering, that's how it is called. So what do we do? We offer it with a mantra. We invoke a deity and with the mantra we do the offering. So what does the mantra contains? Mantra contains an invocation of the deity to whom we are giving. So here, remember the Divine Mother, Ma, offering thoughts and all. So it is, sacrifice is the, uh, is the thing called and remember and offer is the method of doing it, process of doing it. Yes, please. How to read? Read Savitri, you added a word after that, I want. Ah, that's why, please say it. <laughs> See, um, <laughs> there are two answers I'll give you. One is if you are asking what is the correct way to read in terms of rhythm and sound. So fortunately we have Savitri in the mother's words. Hear her. My own way is no other person can ever be a yardstick. Fortunately, mother has recited much of Savitri. Most of, much of it, not most of it I would say. So hear the words, you will get into its mood and notes. Second, I would say, now second answer will be very paradoxical. 
Don't strain yourself to read it perfectly. It's a paradox. Why? Because then we miss many things. When mother is in front and you have to address her, will we think of how should I call her? If I call her mother, is it okay? Or dusmer? Or just if I say amma, is it okay? No, you will rush to her. Say whatever you wish to because that is a mom. All these things, heart is so important. The mantra has leaped from the heart. That's how Shivinda described the mantra. It leaps from the inmost heart and rises to the... It's like a swan which comes from the heart and flies to the peaks. So the heart gets disconnected when there is too much stress on the technique. So technique is okay, but most important is the heart's involvement. And the heart will bring in the perfection. So we don't have to mind what mind will do. Oh, I heard so and so speaking, reading Savitri like this. I wish I could read like this. Then one is trying that way. But when the heart comes in, heart has another kind of knowledge. It will automatically lead you to the rhythm that you should be, which is which will come naturally to you given your constitution. But the heart is important, and you will read it. There's nothing to worry. I have at least learnt everything that way. Directly with mother and Shurabindo. And yet, the other answer is listen to the mother's reading of Savitri, so you will get somewhere those notes, cadence as it is called. One will pick up that. I have heard so many people, each one reads in his own way. And each one believes that is the perfect way. <laughs> so, which may be alright from a grammatical point of view, from a poetic point of view. Savitri is not grammar and poetry. It is a mantra and a mantra of the highest order. So that's how we have to look at it. It is show in those words, word body. So he will inspire the speech if we hold him in the heart with love. So the final answer would be, how should we read Savitri perfectly? By having love in the heart for mother and Shurabindo. Read it. And love will bring the perfect note. <laughs> All can be done. Yes, that is true. If the God touches there. Absolutely true. It is very, very true. There is nothing impossible for the divine grace. We have to be patient. and huh? All can be done if the God touches there or Savitri. I know people who have never come to ashram. I will give you one example of uh, a lady in uh, Mexico, yes. So she was going through severe depression and uh, also lame and lot of problem, but Indian lady. So one day in a desperate situation, what is the use of life? She was passing through the road and she saw a bookstore and eyes turned that side and she saw some somebody selling some lot of old books and her eyes fell on Savitri. <laughs> Can you imagine? You'll be surprised. Old book with many books, one of them is Savitri. For some reason, maybe an Indian or whatever it be, she just picked up that book not knowing anything. 
And since then, our life became like just reading Savitri. It gave us so much solace, peace, strength, joy. And that became a sadhana. Somebody asked her after some time she met. So said, oh, why don't you go to the ashram? She said, I don't need. Of course, she had not seen. This is not to say either or. But yes, Savitri can alone. I know of people like that. I know of people who had amazing experiences with Savitri. And even they came in contact with Mother and Shobindo during the last six months of their life, physical life. And it changed them just reading Savitri. I can share two experiences. I have shared this probably several times, but still uh, in Patiala I was posted. So my house was, uh, it was a portion of uh, Sardarji's house. Uh, had, they had rented out to us. So we both used to come back from the working in the center till almost nine o'clock. Because we used to enjoy it. They stay up in the center in Patiala. And we would come home, so by nine, our dinner, inner, everything was there only. Pick up some, something, eat. Mother's work was the, like, breath, oxygen. <laughs> and it used to be those days when there was curfew, because it was post-1984, Blue Star. This was 1986, so per curfew. But even the police were recognized. So I used to go sometimes in uniform, sometimes uh, initially I-card, and then he said, Sir, only this much distance you please come down from the scooter and take it... Uh, Little bit, then you go so that my service is not in danger like that. Because after 7.30, you are not supposed to go. And when we would come back, we would want to read Savitri. So it was pretty late. So 10 o'clock, we would read Savitri. And then one of the days, the owner comes and he said, uh, what book you are reading uh, at night? So I thought probably he's getting disturbed. So I was a bit apologetic. I'm sorry, but you know, this is our like sacred book and... We have no other time. Is it disturbing? He said, no, 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 I just want to see. So he went inside a small meditation room we had made. Looked this way, that way, kept it, come out. And then the formalities, uh, we are also surprised. Why is he asking? What is the problem? So he said, no, no, I don't know what book. Uh, I still can't understand. But uh, because the voice goes across the wall, it was a thin wall. He says, uh, I don't know. Since the time we are reading, my son's asthma, my lower back pain, everything has disappeared. So for him, that was the main thing that, why, what are you reading? <laughs> he attributed it to it. He didn't know Savitri. He had no clue of Shurabindo Savitri because we never to- told anybody anything. I know of another lady who, uh, in the last six months, how Savitri changed her life. She would experience so many things. And one of the funny experiences I had, when there was a small little surgery I had to go through, but they... I thought it won't require an anesthesia, but they said, no, 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 you have to take it. Anyways, so for a couple of hours, I must have been, uh, and I was thinking of mother and I went into that state and I had beautiful experiences. So they have to wake you up, no? So (laughs) he started waking me up and first thing I told was, all can be done if the God touches there. And then I started saying, Savitri, Savitri. So my wife was there and couple of other friends. So he looks at her and asks, who is Savitri? (laughs) So... (laughs) And what is he saying? Because all can be done if the God touches there. So she said, no, no, now he's perfectly all right. I know that. <laughs> you don't worry now. <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> so something even in that state was going on. All can be done if the God touches there. And I was saying, Savitri, Savitri, oh Savitri. So, you know, he was surprised that why am I not calling anybody else? Why? Who is Savitri? <laughs> Savitri is the beloved of our soul. She is our soul beloved. 
whether you call it S-O-U-L or you call it S-O-L-E that is Savitri all of us are chinna chinna satyavan <laughs> what Savitri can do is unimaginable we have not yet started its full uh, mankind is yet to discover Yes, please sit. I understood. It is a uh, <laughs> paradox. On one side we are told, aspire and call. On the other side, mother knows everything, she will do everything, don't worry. So let's go step by step. Don't worry, that is the common factor. Don't worry. That's anyway. And that is logical. Because if worry could solve problem, we all should sit and worry together. Worry only creates problems. So that is one part. Mother knows everything, it is also true. So why should I call? Because divine is all the time on the phone. Should I pick up my speaker and say hello or not? (laughs) So when we aspire and call, we build the bridge from our side. See, divine has never, we are never separated from the divine, from the divine standpoint. That is why one day we feel a call towards Mother and Shurabindu or to the yoga and I can say it generally. There are people who suddenly turn towards say higher life because divine has never forgotten. And he waits for the moment when suddenly the background noise is less and we are hearing a call. It's like happens, no? You don't hear the mobile when you are in a crowd or in a party. And a friend says, see I called you so many times. Where were you? And you say, bhai, I was in a Real, I can't hear, I couldn't hear. No, no, you have missed my call. How to explain that? See, actually I couldn't hear because there was so much noise around. So divine calls us several times, especially those who are marked for spiritual life. So many occasions will come when he will open a window. But we don't hear the call. There is a line in Savitri, heaven's call is rare, rarer the heart that heeds. The heart does not heed. So once the divine has called, that means we have turned to the divine without which we cannot. She will look after us. She is taking care of us. But time to time we need to build the bridge from our side. If I don't build the bridge, if I am constantly closing myself inside a thick wall, then that is also not good because then if she has to enter, she has to shatter that wall. And that is very painful. What are the walls? Zones of comfort. Mother is there, but my husband is first. Sorry, huh? don't mind. Huh? All husbands will forgive me. For my husband, he is the best person. No, He takes care of me. Oh, my wife, she is... But mother is there. My child, I am so happy, he is doing so well. Our mind is filled with that. And mother is saying, knock, 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 knock. My little child, my little baby, my little smile. Mother, wait. I am talking to my son. Oh, his daughter-in-law's. All this is there. So one day if she says, uh, you are not listening to me only. If the divine does that, what will happen? I don't even want to say. So she doesn't say. She waits. One day my child will probably pick up my call and say, yes, Amma, tell me now. How are you, Ma? Then again, son's phone will come. 
Amma, please hold on. Again, yes, half an hour forgotten. You know that story of Krishna and Narad, no? Narad is going with Krishna once, Vishnu avatar. So, one day he says, you have said in the Gita, my Maya, what is your Maya? So, Krishna says, I see, I don't give lectures. For giving lectures, I have appointed foolish <laughs> people. <laughs> they are my instruments, okay. I have given lecture only once. You want to take it or leave it, your problem. <laughs> but I can still teach you what is Maya. Nah, that's good enough. But my tongue is, my throat is dry before I teach you or give you a little talk. I want, my throat is dry, so can you fetch me some water? So Narad goes to fetch water. And there is a lady, maiden, giving water. I can reverse the story, make it more different. So there is a lady. And Krishna says, why don't you fetch some water? One of his gopis. And she goes and meets a man. NRI. Okay. And he says, ha, so nice. They fall in love. They get married. They have children. And he is leading a nice life. Suddenly one day there is a fire. Tragedy. And her husband, children, house, everything is gone. And that night, this gopi is cursing the Lord. Why did you do this to me? And she hears a voice in the heart of Krishna. Gopi, I am still thirsty. You had gone to fetch some water. Okay, so we are like that. So it is important that from our side we build the bridge. How do we build? That is the freedom given to us. See, that's unfortunate or the, the not unfortunate. That is the way evolution can be. Divine does not force. So it is true she is all the time there. And she knows everything. But when we call her, it means now we are ready to receive her. When we call her, we become conscious. So, mother used to say, that's why you should tell me. When we call her, we open that part to the Divine Mother. Otherwise, we are only showing nice appearances, good dress, everything. So, there is a part which is suffering, struggling because there is a problem or some defect or some insincerity. We are hiding it. So, suddenly because of that insincerity, we face a problem, challenge of life. Then we call the Mother. Then what happens? This part opens to her and therefore she can act directly. So, both of them are complementary to each other. Both are true. Equally true. And even otherwise, see, divine knows everything, does everything. This is the truth of the divine. And we should keep that faith always. But still we have to do what we are called upon to do. Yoga is always like that. One-sided love is only for the divine to do. But love which is one-sided, after some time becomes bit meaningless. To enjoy love, both must be equally seeking each other. So just as divine has sought us through the ages, so also we must seek the divine. There is a joy in that. Then when we meet him unexpectedly, here, there, everywhere, we will be very happy. Otherwise even the divine will come and go away. But we are looking for somebody else. If divine comes, we will ask him, have you found what my husband is doing in so and so place? Because he will tell us. And that will be a disaster. Okay, so like outside the ashram, there are people who ask. 
where are the t-shirts sold in pondicherry good t-shirt people also ask for wine we have heard wine is sold in pondicherry so even when the divine comes if we have not learned to aspire and call if our mind is filled with all kinds of desires what will we ask we will ask what is in our heart oh your god okay okay i want this much money can you give me that so he'll say okay but what has happened we have missed the moment that is why we must aspire and call okay so i think we can yes please yes very very simple answer i'll give please sit chanting vishnu sahasranama lalita sahasranama now i have come to the mother so what now i'll i'll you'll you'll have the answer who is lalita she is a form and aspect of the divine mother who is uma she is a form and aspect of the divine mother who is parvati gauri form and aspect of the divine mother who is chandi form and aspect of the divine mother who is kali form and aspect of the divine mother who is vishnu form and aspect of the ishwara who is shiva form and aspect of the ishwara supreme who is that's why we say no guru devo maheshwara and finally we go to parabrahma parmeshwara now they all have helped us to reach where we have reached what is there the forms and aspects have taken us to the origin now you can remember as a thanksgiving but now if all these forms and aspects have taken us to their origin that she is the one from whom we have derived shakti devatma shakti then what do we do we'll say thank you so much because they have taken us they have brought us they know we are ready these gods and goddesses high great they have worked now we are in front of om anandamayi chaitanyamayi satyamayi parme isn't sachidanand the highest aspect of the divine in our own scriptures and but nobody spoke about the mother as sachidanand can there be a still higher mantra anandamayi om anandamayi chaitanyamayi satyamayi parme what is it sachidanand but in the in this way the journey anand chaitanya and satya so when we look at it like this the divine mother when we reach there she she knows when we remember lalita sahasranam or vishnu sahasranam it's nice oh, she knows they he is grateful to one of my children whom he remembers so she is not going to feel angry or there is going to be but we must understand that the whole process they have brought us to where we are and therefore in all fairness even to them <laughs> you know if you if you are studying physics with someone good teacher he takes you to einstein that finally he can explain the theory of relativity and we turn back to him and say sir but you have been my physics teacher all through my high school i want to learn from you he is a fool i have taken you there 
he is the fellow who has given this theory who can explain it better so that's how we have to look at it all of us have come like that i had krishna bhakti and uh, rama bhakti in my house krishna bhakti from childhood to me krishna was like everything a friend eternal but when you find shurabindu it all merges it's not that krishna is left behind krishna fuses into shurabindu that's what happened on 24th november it's not that lalita and uma and gauri and tripur sundari and durga and kali and radha and lakshmi and saraswati they go no they fuse into the one divine mother so when we surrender to her very simply as ma all are completed into that like when we say om all the gods reside in that single syllable so when we say ma all the powers and forces reside into her this is the logical explanation but of course the heart no still i want nothing wrong with that nobody is going to feel bad gods have very good synergy between them and the divine mother they are all children she is fine she is not going oh you are still worshiping don't you know that i am the highest no 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 but this is the inevitable logic of things one day or the other you will see all the gods and goddesses merge into her okay thank you so much i have to go to my workplace another workplace thank you